Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is the day after the Betfred World Match Play. And they feel like a kid when Christmas has departed. But welcome along. It is Monday, which means the live lounge. And we can't wait to chat darting nonsense with you for the next few hours. I'm Phil Bars, and as always, joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gentlemen, how are we? Tired. Tired. <laughs> Tired. That, that's the overwhelming emotion I have right now. Tiredness more than anything else. And the fact is, is that I've got to sit here and listen, on a very important day, I've got to sit here and listen to Jack Gobigar would be smug as anything for the next two hours on this broadcast. It's going to be painful. But well done, mate. You deserve it. Congratulations. Your time is now. Go for your life. Nailed it. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry, everyone. I've got some bits lined up for the show that will put him in a bad mood. It's fine. No, you haven't. Don't worry about that. It's all good. Oh, I have. Believe me. No. Yeah. <laughs> because you were because you were the because you decided that you were going to be late again tonight for reasons that you told me off the air, but I'm not going to repeat them on the air unless you <laughs> wish to. That I that got uh, <laughs> Barzi's got you all over. He hasn't got me all over because his boy's in the mud. He hasn't won a title in 250 days. He's slowly slipping down in the top five players of all time, like solid number two, edging all his way off. towards number three if he keeps catapult in that way. Bore off. Everybody, everybody agreed to me Ari Go in price, so there's absolutely nothing you can throw at me. <laughs> you had a good you had a foot experience on uh, Thursday night, didn't you? <laughs> Just a bit. Oh hang on, Buzzy, we're going for it now. I might bust it out early. Is it is it really? a Gezi Raw? Yeah that's that's cute. No, it's not. Go on, play it. There you go. 
after that. <laughs> We've got the Gezi dance just for Gob. <laughs> All I'm going to say is... Oh, but, uh, if I've seen people to... locked up for less. <laughs> All I'll say is that Sky, if Sky don't have a silhouette of Gezi dancing for the next uh, for the next time he walks on on television, at the, either at the World Cup or at the World Grand Prix, I, I will lose all faith in this sport. <laughs> um, but no, it was a tremendous um, 10 days in, in Blackpool. Um, I'm not going to lie, I did enjoy getting home last night and points did make prizes, didn't they, Jarlath? Yes, they did. Uh, very much so. Points points make prizes, kids. Um, we were always told as a kid by Bruce Forsyth. Um, so, uh, look, points made prizes and uh, Barzi... Bruce would have been... The worst part was... Destroying that on Strictly. That's all you need to know. I'd have given him a seven! Is that Len how, Goodman. Is that how many points you got last Mr. Night? Nice Man, Len Goodman, would have marched him off the stage at the Empress Ballroom. <laughs> um, but again, as always, the chat room is absolutely rammed, which is great to see. Come and say hi in the chat room to us all. You can see everyone is in. Um, Charles, too quiet for me. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can turn him up a little bit. We've got some audio here. Let's, I, let's turn him up. Okay, that's a good thing. That's I, a good thing. Hi there. Ah, uh, well. Sorry. The thing is, it's like we I'll say. Hi there. Hi there. We um, should. We should go in order of volume as to who got closest to predicting the winner of the world match play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because be... quite clearly, okay, their, report, I... their, their opinion matters more because it's correct. So they should be louder and everyone else should be able to hear them. <laughs> um, <laughs> as well, in the chat room, let us know. Which actually means were... we need Scott Mitchell in, by the way, who managed to predict the winner and the runner-up. And the fight. Yes. seeds to fall early didn't go very well, but uh, he was bang on. So he said he's going to be in the chat room somewhere. Um, I'm no doubt yeah, he'll let, swan in and steal my thunder. Let us know in the chat room as well your Blackpool stories. If you went, I know we spoke to a few of you when we saw you out and about, and it was great. But yeah, give us your, your Blackpool stories. Um, let's turn the master volume up a little bit, see if that's any better. That'll do, um, don't care. Stuart. Stuart says, so, yeah, uh, but, uh, Stuart says, didn't predict MVG, did he, the silly Billy? Yeah, I did predict Michael Van Gogh because I thought he would do well. And he... No, I'll tell, I'll tell you straight that on, when was it, Wednesday or Thursday? Might be Thursday when I tweeted that Snakebite was winning the title. Because I, so I, so obviously we do have a normal um, piece up on, on a Monday morning after a match play or a big TV tournament. We normally put a I normally do like an analysis piece on the website of why they won and how they won and what it could mean for 2021 going forward. Let me tell you this: I had that piece prepped on Thursday morning. That's how confident I was that Peter Snake by Wright was going to win this title. He, I know we're going to get into it, Barzi, and I will leave you. I'll leave you to do that in a minute. But I'm going to say this as an early thing: that was one of the most dominant weeks I've ever seen from a player. That's probably the most dominant week I've seen since Philip Douglas's last match play in 17. And we all know what she loves saying that one. I know. That's how difficult, that's how, that's how much it hurts saying that. Some of these stories, by the way, are fantastic in the chat room. <laughs> yeah. 
Loving, absolutely. I went to Blackpool, got a set of funny sunglasses. Great time. Joe fell asleep in the hotel, missed the first match on Tuesday. Hang on. Have you got a set of sunglasses? Aiden had an ice cream with Devin Peterson on the beach. Pop World on Saturday. That was Pop World Saturday night, (laughs) Farsi. Oh, we could say that now because now we're not getting retested. (laughs) I'll tell you what. um, some of the pictures that Boise has got, he's on the chat room, hilarious. Um, he doesn't remember a lot about Saturday night, but legendary. Saturday I don't remember a lot so about Saturday. I don't. I don't remember a lot about Saturday night, but there we go. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good, but yeah, no, Blackpool. Look, it was absolutely epic. And I suppose let's 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 go straight into it, shall we? Let's um, let's look back on what was a great. Great tournament, gentlemen. Um, fans were mm. back, which were which, which which were just outstanding. Um, how much of a difference did the fans make before we come on to the the, the, the nuts and the bolts of the tournament? Um, how how much of a difference did they make? To the overall yeah. winner, not a lot. Peter Wright would have won that behind closed doors. No, mu- He was absolutely untouchable. And I'm going to reiterate that point as often as possible because I called it before the match play started. For some of the other games and for some key moments in the other games, I think they did play quite a big part. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to run this till we can enjoy it. This was Monday when we had a full house the very, very first time we've had this for a very long 18 months. We all went out from the press room and just savoured every single second of this. how I've missed not just the walk-on, just the fans and the electric atmosphere they produced. It was amazing to have them back. It was. Can I... But... but, Not precursor. Can I I add... Look, them being back was fantastic. 
and we normally give this Blackpool crowd a lot of praise for being the best crowd in world mm. darts. They are normally fantastic. There have been times in the past when it's almost been like being at Lakeside, but with more noise where appropriate. Well, it was a bit mm. footbally this time, wasn't it, Phil? Come on. Some of the chants were a bit it was. crap. It was poor. Some it of the poor. I'll tell you what, the amount of whistles I heard in the crowd. And all right, we want live, we want drama, we want all of that sort of stuff. But the amount of whistles we heard when players were on doubles was like being on a European tour in Germany yeah. and you're playing against Max Hart. It was I'm gonna say really it now. bad at times. I'm going to say it now. That's here to stay. That will be in every darts crowd going forward from now. Yeah, and that's the problem. And this crowd the is yeah, the benchmark. Normally, you, happen, you can hold it up. Normally, no one else can hold a candle to this. And you can sit there and go, this is what we want every darts crowd to be. And it's gone. Look, I, that, that's all I'm... not going to be a thing. So, 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 what I'm, so what I'd say is, is that like I don't want to tarnish everybody with the same brush. Like We can tarnish a lot of people at Ali Pali and the Euro Tour with the same brush. The season ticket holders in particular, they've been going, some of them have been going since 1994 to go into the Betfred World match play for the whole 28 years that the tournament's been in existence, where especially when the fans have been involved, right? They are incredible, very respectful. But the people that were there this year, particularly people that were standing from when I was out there in the crowd, not very often, must be stressed because I was doing the blog most nights, but when I was out there in the crowd, it was very, it wasn't a nice atmosphere. It just wasn't. There wasn't the usual camaraderie that I thought around, like there would be at Blackpool. There wasn't, I thought the crowd were, to be quite honest with you, piss poor. I, they, yeah, the they, they were. They, that, that's how, the that's how it is. Taken, they just were. But the other thing you have to take into consideration is this was the very first event with no restrictions. So every and Tom Nick and, and Harry is how. Yeah, okay, fine. But if that's how it's going to be throughout the whole time, then it's just going to be awful as an atmosphere. I haven't yeah, necessarily I got a problem with people booing. No, I haven't got a problem necessarily people booing on Christoph, bubbles, because that's Christoph one of those Ritaisky things. Said, Ritaisky said, as players, we're used to it now, we get on with it. And that was his exact have words. To. They shouldn't have to. No. 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 I disagree slightly. That without the fans oh. buying tickets, without the fans buying tickets, they aren't going to be earning this fabulous lifestyle. And Phil, if no, you're trying to edit the, a video but, and I'm going to sit there and every 30 seconds calling you a twat, you're not going to like it. You're just trying to do your job. Have you not been in the press room? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point, to be fair. That's a very good point. I haven't got a problem. I haven't got a problem with the booing necessarily. I haven't got a problem booing necessarily. It's whistling that I do have an issue with. We've got some bits teed up about that um, later on. Um, But Saturday, it was reduced crowd, but still a good atmosphere in there and no, no real shocks. Pretty much everything went as expected on opening Saturday. Uh, Dave Chisnell, 10-8 over Vincent Van der Voort. Again, not the best of games. Could have gone either way. Uh, Johnny Clayton beating Dirt Van Diving Boat at 10-7. Enjoyed that. Uh, Gary Price did an absolute demolition job on Jermaine Watamina. And Dimitri Vandenberg 
uh, 10-5 over very much out of sorts and doesn't look himself, Devin Peterson, gents. No real surprises on opening nights. Before we go any further, there wasn't really many surprises throughout the entirety of the first round. I mean, I'm presuming people have seen it, so it's not as jumping ahead massively, but only three non-seeds get out of this first round. There were talks of seven, eight, nine, possibly half the second round field being made up of non-seeded players, and there was three. And mm. a lot of them were very, very comfortable. I mean, yeah, in games that shouldn't have been, games that should not have been, there were some very, very big margins of victory. The fact that we only saw well, what let's two, be about it. one extra leg game all weekend, one. all week, one extra leg, yeah. game, one extra all leg game all week, all week in an era where it's supposed to be as competitive as possible, and only two losing players all week got to ten legs. Yeah. Look, you have to you. you yeah, but God, you have to give a little bit of a a bit of a pass to some players. Obviously, it's the first night, first proper tournament back with fans, with a full house. People aren't sort of used to that, particularly for the first half of the week, probably from till Friday onwards, potentially. It was a sweat box in there. I have genuinely, everybody, I know a load of people that were there throughout the whole oh. week. They will know this. I have never known heat like it. This is my sixth match play, either as a fan or as a press person in the press room. I have never felt heat like that in the Winter Gardens. It was stifling. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So you, you, there yeah. are some caveats to it. There are some caveats to it. Then Sunday afternoon, Matoski, uh did a job on Brendan Dolan. And again, Dolan was one that I thought was going to play well, didn't. Mm. Glenn Durant, Karen, the He was one that we thought wasn't going to play well and did. Yeah, um, Glenn Durant, good signs from Duzzer. Look, yes, he lost. However, I thought he played a lot better than what a lot of people were, going, were thinking going into this. He did after the break. At 5-0 down, it was virtually a performance from the Pro Tour of recent yeah. times from Glenn. The fact it was extended legs and he had that absolute freedom where the result was already gone by the time he came back out gave him the opportunity to just open up a bit, to relax. I mean, he was averaging 75 at one point. That finished around 92, I think, which means yeah. for a long period of that second stint of that game, he was averaging way over 92. That's a big, big step for Glenn Durant if he takes Massive, it to the Pro yeah. Tours next, because he cannot afford to just keep going 5-0 down and then being allowed the freedom to play. And, and the one thing that does show you is that the current state of Glenn's game is entirely mental. There is absolutely Completely. nothing wrong. The action's changed a little bit, but his darts are still going where he needs them to or where he wants them to at times. Could possibly make a tiny adjustment. Doesn't look exactly like when he won a World Championship at the Lakeside. But the 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 big misses and that sort of, they're all up there for Glenn. Yeah, completely. Then this was a really good game. Rob Cross, 10-8 over uh, Ross Smith. Really enjoyed this game. Um, and I thought Boltage was very, very good for this one, Jar. Yeah, look, really good game. Ross Smith had chances, just didn't quite take it. But Cross, this is probably his best TV game I've seen since... <sighs> um... 
probably since the 2019 European Championship semi-final. I think it's probably a fair assessment. Um, you played pretty well and you got the job done. But I want to talk about the next game, if you don't mind, please, Barzi. <laughs> Hello, oh, Dob. Oh, this one. Um, Hello, God. James Wade, Hi, the number four seed, number four in the world, was dispatched by Luke Humphreys. Gob, I'm not going to rip you too much because he's your boy, but did this game Annie. massively highlight that when a power scorer is on, James Wade cannot compete with them at the top level? Not necessarily. It highlighted that if James Wade isn't on for the first four legs, he can't compete with a top scorer at the higher level. The same comment I'm going to make about James Wade all the time. Once he's on stage, once he's in a game, he has one gear. He will not leave that level. He will not drop. He will not rise. He is not able to respond to changes in performance from his opponent. If Luke had gone up to an average 95 and James had gone up to average in the 92-93 that he did, much more comfortable game, clearly. Yeah. But it looks far better, right? James is able to compete with that. If James goes up to an average is 97 for the first four legs, that scoreline don't look like that because he stays at 97 throughout the match. It's that first four legs. If he's not there immediately, he's just sticking at that level. And I absolutely cannot explain it. What did you think of Luke's post-match interview when he said he gave up? Well, he's right, though. Well, not necessarily gave up. We've seen other players give up more, but like we said, there is that mental block with James that he just cannot change gear. And if you can't change gear and you're stuck where you are, what's he to play for? He's literally hoping Luke drops off a cliff. He's going to get up. He's going to keep throwing his darts, hoping for something to change that he's just not physically able to do. Yeah. Then this one, this was my game of the first round. Joe Cullen yeah. edging Chris Dobie 10-8. And this was an absolute belter of a game. I loved every single minute of this one. Both of them put in a great performance. And it was just a damn good game to watch. Yeah. Don't don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, Cullen fought hard through. Dobie missing that 1-6-4 for the chance to break back. It would have made it eight all. I thought was crucial um, in the game. Um, and it, it wasn't, it, it was very, very tight, very, very tense. And Cullen got the job done. It, you know, he played well. But I, I want to touch on what he said afterwards um, when we talk about it in the second round, because he actually did a Peter Wright. <laughs> Before we, can I just add a little addendum to that? This game was played in the right way. It was two players at a good pace, just go. throwing their darts. Racked it in the breaks, right? And the emotion came out once the final dart was in the board. I'll bet you two have both sat there going, right. I could watch this all day. I could watch this race to 30. The same as you did yeah. later on for another Doesn't game. necessarily mean... Yeah. I could have watched Dimi versus... I could have watched Dimi versus... I could have watched Dimi versus Gezi for, fifth, for best of 50, 50 legs. First of 50 legs. No. Don't make a blind with a difference about that. They're off after about two legs. All I'll say, Gob, is the governor, the boss, was in the venue for that said game, and his exact words were, "We need more prices." Because Just it saying. Puts money in anyway, pocket. Anyway, moving on. Um, I think I was the only person to call this one. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take credit for this one. I, I believed in me, boy. Um, Michael Smith. Excuse me. 
10 7. You excuse changed your me. mind in the press. Excuse me. So. No, I did. Excuse you. Yeah. I wasn't. First of all, I wasn't even in the press room on that Sunday evening. Excuse you. You changed your mind. Oh, so you're talking you a whole year, mate. Because everybody knows talking, I I'm, hate Brian as well, apparently. So I definitely back Smith as well. I'm about to say, I picked Michael Smith as well. <laughs> oh, what's that? I mean, look, if you want to dig it. No, okay, fair enough. But like, if you want to dig all, all of the rest of our colleagues yeah, in the press room, that's not fine. Here. I don't mind you doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we picked. There was no way I would have picked Brian Sill. No chance. To, to be fair, it was good to see Bully Boy. The action looked good, fluent again as well, which was nice. Even even when he lost to Peter Wright later on, which we'll come on to, he still played decent. Good signs for for Bully Boy, I thought. Yeah, there's not necessarily in this game, but later in the tournament, there were signs that that little bit of a walk on his final dart is starting to come back into his game, and that's a worry. But other than that, when he's in full flow and when he's just chucking the darts, he is brilliant to watch. It looks magnificent. Yeah. Um, and then Peter Wright, demolition job. Didn't happen for Noppy. I can't remember the exact stats, but wasn't his doubling percentage literally like about 8% or something like that. He missed enough darts at a double to sink a battleship. Yeah. It was not pretty. What was the stats? Uh, 15.3%. Yeah, I, I knew he missed right. an absolute chunk. Here's one for you, though. Here's one for you. This is the only time that Peter Wright was actually behind in the whole match play. The first leg. The first leg of the map of, of the game against Danny Noppert, that was the only time I was behind in the world match play ever. That's ridiculous, by the way. And then D'Souza completely one-sided against Clemens last on. And by this point, this it was like an absolute oven in there. It was literally like the highway to hell after a double session on a Saturday, not on a Sunday. I'm going to just need to just say something very, very quickly. Not about Jose de Sousa against Gabriel Clemens, but about your comment that you were the only person to pick Michael Smith. Not only was I, did I pick Michael Smith, I also picked the correct score on my Twitter feed. So don't be digging me out, Phil Bars. Don't be digging me out. Oh, your Twitter feed don't count because you get told off for that. What's that? Your Twitter feed don't count because you get told off for that. <laughs> To be fair, actually, the, the person involved actually uh, was was pretty decent last uh, last uh, you know when we had a chat the other day. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Moving on. <laughs> then we have the Monday when pandemonium struck, normality returned, and it was literally a free for all in the Winter Gardens, and the first game up. They had drama, but maybe not for the right reasons. Um, Ian White, 10-7 over Daryl Gurney. It wasn't a Winter Gardens classic. Um, and Ian White kind of fell over the line towards the end goal. It was one of the more enjoyable games of the first round, I thought. It was two players that aren't quite in the best of form. That's a little bit of an understatement, perhaps. In the early stages of the game, they both played very well compared to their recent form. 
seemed to step it up knowing what's on the line and, and how nice of a draw it was. White edged ahead and then, as he tends to do on TV, got a little bit nervous and it made it even more interesting. Oh, the last three or four legs was literally who could fall over the line because neither of them looked like hitting mm. a double. Yeah. No. But not every game has to be 100 average each and players going out in 15 darts or less. That was just as enjoyable as some of the games that we saw throughout the first round, throughout the week, I thought. Oh, yeah, no, I, I never I, really I knew which way it was going to go. Then, Nathan Aspinall, I'm not going to lie, was like a kid at Christmas when he'd woken up and his stocking was at the bottom of his bed. He said that when the fans come back, we would see the real Nathan, and he absolutely loved every single minute of it. Um, 10-6 winner over Merv King. Again, Merv King didn't turn up early in this game. Um, and Aspinall, when you're 4-1 up after the break, with the first break, it's a long way back. But good signs from the Aspen. That walk-on was just brilliant. Ja. Yeah, it was. The, it, it, it was it was bouncing, like you say. Merv obviously coming on. Um, and, uh, oh, by the way, you've just clicked on the Christopher Tyson. You, you've hovered over Rotaisky, by the way, but yeah. there we go. Um, so, um, no, look, Asp was very, very happy. Very, very happy indeed. Um, and Merv didn't even bother. I think Merv was just a happy issue of being actually that time because he didn't have to walk down the ramp. He literally could just walk up up, up on stage. He got booed for it, though. He got booed for the I know, but he was walk. like, I don't, I, I don't think he really cares. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I don't think he cares. Um, but yeah, no, really, really uh, fun, fun stuff. Fun stuff indeed. Yeah. Um, but no, Asp won it and Asp made up first ever win at the Winter Gardens as well for the Asp. Yeah. First ever win at the match play. Correct. And then MBG 10-7 over Damon Hetter. Bit of a seesaw game, Gob. Um, it, was, it was one of those ones. MBG up at break one, down at break two, but found something towards the end when he needed it. Yeah, look... We- there were times in this match where you thought perhaps Damon Hetter was going to do a little bit of a, a James Wade on MVG, found a mini little burst of session and turned it around towards that second break, I think it was. And after that, MVG never looked back, really. Hetter, he was never scoring fantastic throughout the game um, and, and that hurt him towards the back end. Yeah. And then this was, this was a surprise. After the way Stephen Bunting had played at the Super Series... Didn't show up in Blackpool, sadly. And look, Gary Anderson's won it 10-5 without ever really getting out of second gear. I think that would be a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah, look. Uh, this was, this was the last game of the night. They both... Yeah. But last game of the night, both of them were absolutely stifled on, on, a, on a, in a hot night on the first night back for the fans. They, It is what it is. Then, moving on to round number two. This was a big shock. Callum Rids beating Rob Cross 11-8. And... It was, but it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't. Because I wouldn't call it a shock. I wouldn't call it a shock because on the day, Callum played sensational. He hit four ball finishes, including the big fish. Sometimes yeah, you just have to go... Pre-game is a shock. No, no, look. Yeah, but... If you actually look at the game itself, like it was, it was, it was, it happens where someone is just in madly in love with the bullseye. 
you know, you just have to just go tip your cap and go fair play, mate. Your finishing was sensational. Four finishes on the ball, including the fish. Madness. The big fish. Madness. <laughs> and then this was an interesting one. And in his post-match interview, the Polish Eagle played the I don't understand card. But he beat Luke Humphreys um, 11-5. Something happened on stage. We, we don't know what, but Christoph played the, well, I don't know. Um, but Luke wasn't happy and it kind of knocked him out of his rhythm a little bit, Gob. Never really settled and Ratajski just got on with it. Yeah, as as Ratajski does. Look, we've seen players try things against Ratajski in the past. We've seen that girl in Price Pro Tour final, for example. Um, he's not really phased by a lot. He just gets up and he, he chucks his darts and <laughs> you say he, he gave us that answer in the post-match interview. He's probably the only person a week that wasn't prepared to just start unloading to you guys in the press room because everybody else had an absolute field day the minute you stuck a microphone in front of them there were shots being fired all over the place uh, my favorite comment on one of the youtube videos was who needs brooks kepka and bryson dechambeau when we've got these lot please <laughs> they're having some great fun at the minute not wrong um not and wrong, then desi did an absolute demolition job on the premier league champion eight legs in a row to beat the ferret. And at that point, Gezi looked in the mood in the match by Jar. Yeah, he did. Um, simple fact of the matter is, though, is the fact that claims didn't turn up. Um, Johnny will say that himself. Um, Gezi reeled off, constantly reeled off the, the legs. But the key thing for me was that it was after the second break in that game. Clayton had lost five legs on the spin, pretty much. Um, and, or, or sorry, lost session 4-1. And then... Um, he had a chance. I think he had two or three darts at a double, might be more, to get the job done and get back into it. It would have been seven four. Would have been, a, a, you know, still a double break behind, but might have been back in with a chance of winning the game. And he missed all those darts at the double. When that happens, you just know it's not your night. Yeah, and then Dimitri van der Berg eleven eight over Dave Chisnell, and still Dave Chisnell must be thinking, how did I get eight legs? Because this was a game that was not just dominated by Dimitri Vandenberg, but kept missing doubles and Chizzy kept hanging around. Got one of those performances where you think he might nick this at one point. Yeah, and, and this this was one of my favourite moments of the week because Lee was watching. He had a side-on view and he's like, I am watching these two actions and I have absolutely no idea how this is a contest. Somehow, Dave not <laughs> gets the darts to go in the board where he wants them to. Um, yeah, look. He very nearly got away with it in a game that he was probably miles behind for the majority. Um, the first real test of Dimmy in the week, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, he made. It, no, it wasn't a uh, test because it was he made, made of he his made own doing. No, this wasn't a test, and I'll tell you the reason why it wasn't a test because it was made of his own doing. Man hit yeah, fourteen maximums was great. Mentally, it's a test. Mentally, you're fighting. You've got to have that ability to. Like, like it was said, never. Like it was never not it, being able to change gear. You've still got to be able to do that, especially over this long format. Pro tour. It was never. Look, look, no, but let me tell you, it was. I tell you why it wasn't a test because I don't think at any point Dimitri looked like he wasn't going to win the game. There was nine consecutive breaks of throw in that game. But I don't think there was ever any point where I thought that uh, Dave Chisnell would either get this to a last leg. Or would win this game. Simple. Moving on, Wednesday, 
the only overtime game we had. The Bully Boy, 13-11 over Jose De Salza. And I'm going to say it now. That 108, absolute stones from yes. Michael Smith. Absolute kahunas of the highest order. Yeah. Also, as well, not just that, this darts for the match, hadn't he? D'Souza had just, had just, just at that time yeah. missed darts for the match. One inside and to come eight, back one and do that. Four. Yeah, correct. Um, that Brilliant. was. Michael Smith absolutely loves the match play. His, his recent run of form there, final or semi final, tells you that. To beat Jose de Salza in that manner with that 108 checkout, you sort of got the feeling from there that this might be his week. That was the sort of moment that we were waiting for from Michael Smith to get over the line in a game that is tough, but perhaps he shouldn't do. And it just didn't come off, did it? No, it was like, look, Jose just didn't happen for him. The, the big, big power scoring wasn't there consistently. It was there in blips when he when he go 11-11 or 11-12, but consistently didn't find those big moments in this wild match play. Then this well, was a weird game. Once, go on, I was going to say very, very the quickly. The rest of the night when exactly as that... I told you it would in the WhatsApp before it played out, when I told you it on Monday night. Now, what I was going to say very, very quickly about that game, Marcus with Joseph D'Souza, D'Souza looked knackered after he missed the dart, you know, for the match. He missed 12s, I think, double 12 for the match. Uh, and then Smith hit the 108. He looked knackered then. That was the moment where he broke. That's where he literally had, he, he was broken in two there by Bully Boy. That, that was the moment. He looked knackered. Do we think that's and the then, heat? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Ben, Nathan Apple. The concentration. Yeah. Oh, gone. Nathan Aspinall, 11-9 over Gary Anderson. Again, this match didn't really catch fire. Yes, there was big moments, but consistently, it wasn't the best game. Both of them, fits and starts, and yes, some good finishing towards the end. But something just missing in the game, goal. Yeah, and we always thought that perhaps Nathan had that edge of being able to do something special. Look, the respect that these two have between each other is magnificent. It's on par with Peter Wright and, and Dimitri Vandenberg, by the way. It's a proper little Love Island bromance triangle. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but you always felt that Nathan, as he has done on TV numerous times, has, has got that little bit of spark, that little bit of magic. And Gary fires in the 149 out of absolutely nowhere after having to check what double he's on which is very bizarre for a man that has won as much as he has. I know Philip Taylor struggled with his counting towards the back end of his career as well, but he just was that far ahead of everybody. He never used to have to bother. Um, but then he misses the 136, the leg after. Nathan responds with the 117, and, and that's game done. Because at that point, Gary was fighting his way back into that match and just starting to produce those scores a little bit more frequently. And that shut him down, and, and that was it. And he just ran out of legs, basically, to, to make a go of it. Yeah, completely. Then MVG, 11-8 over Ian White. This was closer than what anyone thought it was going to be, Jar. Yeah, um, five all at the first, uh, the second intermission. And from there, really, sorry, was it? Yeah, it was five all. It was, yeah. And five then ball, yeah. Uh, MVG came out of the third break and did what he did against Damon Hetzer. Got the job done. Ian White missed darts at a double. 
Um, what, what else do you expect? That's what happens. That's what, you know, that's Ian White's TV career in a nutshell at times. Bar the uh, European Championship game. The 1 2 1 finish on the ball was great from Van Gerwen. Missed a couple of match starts from there. But I I always say that it's you, you take something special to knock him out of a long format game. So you have to get him early. That's the reason why I thought that he would win the match play purely and simply because I didn't think that anybody in that third quarter would give him a challenge. And to be wrong, quite frankly, they didn't. Sorry. Then Peter Wright, 11 5 over Joe Cullen. And again, fairly straightforward for Snakebite in this one. Joe missed a few darts at a double in the first couple of sessions, but pretty much one-way traffic goal. Yeah, look, 105 average is difficult enough to live with at the best of time, but if you're only going to throw a 90 back at him, you're going to get five legs, take it and run. Um, fantastic for Joe to be up on the stage, um, get through the first round, you can see the emotion of it. Um, picked up his prize money and he's, he's back home and but I think we'll, we'll see him back when he's ready again, I reckon. Yeah. Then. Um, the big thing the big thing is, is that, of course, and this is why, this is the moment, Barzi, where I, I thought that Wright would win it because he made a 105 average at pedestrian. That's when I decided, I thought, that's when I started prepping that analysis graphic and that analysis article because he made a 105 average feel like a 96. Then, core finals. The Polish Eagle, Krzysztof Rutsajski, 16-8 over Callum Rids and Callum's luck run out. Luck's probably the wrong word, but the phrasing, you know what I mean. It's one of those ones where Ratajski took all the big moments in the game. Rids missed a bucket load of doubles. But on debut at the World Match Play, if you'd have offered him a quarterfinal at the start of it, the young man would have ripped your arm off for it, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. Look, exactly. You look at the averages, you look at the performances. He had that spell against Rob Cross where he was unplayable on the bullseye, but you'll take a quarterfinal considering that he didn't produce his A game throughout the week. Um, first time up there, yeah. take the prize money, run, learn the, learn from it, learn from the experience of being up there, the heat and, and the rest of it, and, and go again next year, hopefully. Yeah, completely. Then the game that got the Darts World talking, we'll come on to the more after we've done the match play bit, but Dimitri Vandenberg, 16-9 over the world champion. And again, this was a great game, Jar. I loved every single minute of this. As I've said before, I want Gezi doing a dancing silhouette out on his walk-on next. I want, I want shirts printed. I want everything. Look, he ain't everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. But he's a bloody good darts player, isn't he? He is a bloody good darts player. He he had yeah. a twenty twenty the ages, won eight titles, then going including the big one. And look, I don't think he's ever really particularly liked the Blackpool crowd. I don't think the Blackpool crowd have ever particularly liked him, if you want me to be brutally honest. But look, things like that happen. He obviously put the emoji of Dimmy on the Instagram. Look. I thought that there were a couple of occasions where Dimmy might have been slowing the game down a touch too quick much. But look, in my opinion, both gave as good as they got. It was nothing out of the ordinary for both. He danced it at the end of a session. If it had happened during the middle of a session and it was Dimmy's turn to throw next, then we're talking borderline. 
then we're talking, okay, this is a little bit some more something to deal with. But we've seen people give it the big enough at the end of every session, and that's what happened. But Dimmy was sensational from eight to seven from that third break. He was sensational from there. Price really never really got a look in. Yeah, no, completely. Um, and it was more Dimmy's doubling under pressure gob, which stood out towards the end of that game. Yeah, he just didn't take no shit, did he? Got up, did him, and, and went again in the next leg. Uh, you um, yeah. you did cause a storm. We'll, yeah. we'll come on to the storm at the end when we talk about darts in 2021. Because that, that could get a bit... bit oh, is that a topic, is it? Yeah, yeah, Christ. <laughs> um, um, then... <laughs> right, good game, I enjoyed that one. Um, then on the Friday, Peter Wright, 16-7 over Michael Smith. And again, Wright, brilliant. Michael Smith plays part in a good game in this one. But again, Wright, too much in the firepower department goal. <laughs> he had a bit too much in the firepower department all bloody week, mate. He was unbelievable. The grouping this man can produce at any moment is ridiculous. And I'm going to say it now before we get to the final. Let's just get it out of the way. Stick with the bloody straight darts. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Just, just do it. Look, the world. Look, they weren't the same. Obviously, the world championship darts were very different. These are basically a painted version of the Element Elevens. I think they are whatever they're called. But the straight, thin barrel suit his throw. The way he slightly rolls it into his fingers, he gets enough propulsion through the dart. They sit in the treble ridiculously well. You don't get many wild darts at all. No poxy reflex points to start spring-loading in your face when they're in a board that do absolutely nothing. Um, just throw them and be better than everybody else. Because I tell you what, if he spends more time with them and gets even better, he wins what he wants this year. You could see a 2016-2017 repeat from Snakebite. Admittedly, well, we've missed a couple of yeah. events in the year. Probably it was four. But the back end of the year, he genuinely could dominate the likes that we've seen yeah. Mark Van Gerwen do in the past. And Phil I'll, Taylor. Because I'll, I'll he was set, that much better than set. the entire field in the most competitive era of darts we've ever seen. I'm going to say this now. Put it on the analysis piece. That if he goes and sticks with these darts because of how far the field have got to get towards him, Gerwin Price might not be the world number one by the time we get to Ali Pali. Never mind after Ali Pali. He might not be number one by the time we get there. I think there's like 50k in the race to that order of merit. No, not 50k. No, 500, 500 quick, mate. To 200. Is that it? Damn. No. no there's five, in the main order of merit currently going into the world championship race, this is obviously if they don't win any other bit of prize money, right, this whole year. Right, currently is 750 quid behind Gerwin Price as we stand today. Today. We all know we'll swap darts at some point. Number one. Yeah, we do. And that, that's, 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 the worst. that's the worst bit. Um, and then this one won't be on Sky Sports Gold. I think that's fair to say. Uh, MVG 69. Over over Nathan Aspinall, the Asp at one point was going for the full Ted Hankey look. If that zip could have got any lower, <laughs> I think it would have done. Um, <laughs> yeah, the crowd um, would have been throwing twenty quid at him. Yeah, 
Um, look, it, Tuck that in your pocket. It, was, it, it, it wasn't a classic. Um, no. Both will, both, both will admit that. Um, but it was just the middle part where Aspinall couldn't find a double. And MVG got a 10-5 lead without playing well. And look, from there, you're not clawing that back. Well, you might be, but you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> he did it, did he? Look, what look at that point, he was already trying a little bit too hard anyway, let's be honest, and just nothing was working. And, and that is a, a part of Nathan's game that needs to change. He doesn't seem to have that, that almost zen-like ability that Peter Wright did where no matter what is going on, he can just get up and throw a 12-dart leg when he needs it or get up and throw a steady 15 on his throw and, and make you go and break him. Nathan has to makes it look like he has to work for everything. And at some point, that is going to wear you down. Yeah, agreed. Semi-final Saturday at the Winter Gardens. First up, the defence was still on. Dimitri Vandenberg at this point still hadn't lost a game in the world match play. However, he got slightly fortunate. Christoph Ratajski missed two yards. Two darts Slightly. to go, seven two up, and from that moment, never ever recovered his composure. Mate, two Mom's darts from, to go seven two up is close. a massive, massive understatement. He missed thirteen darts at a double in eight consecutive legs. Yeah, that, that was after that moment. Have a spot in the world match play final. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. also, not, not 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 just that though. His doubles, the majority of them were closer to Fleetwood. Never mind the same bloody Wintergard. Never mind the Winter Gardens. They were closer to Fleetwood. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I tweeted yeah. straight away when that moment for seven two could just change the game, and it did. Look, Dimmy was very good in terms of taking the advantage, but Christoph collapsed quicker than a collapsed quicker than an eroding mountain. When <laughs> you know what I mean. Claps. Oh, I was going to do a horrendous joke then. I'm not going to do that one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm not good. Look. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. plus checkouts from Dimmy, 45%. He punished everything, right? And you have to be in position to punish. So it's still a good performance from him. Under pressure from 6-2, you still have to go and take those chances that Christoph is handing you on a plate, served with a silver platter and a napkin tucked into your top button, (laughs) right? But he still has to go and do it, especially under the pressure of being the defending champion, and effectively, 10 minutes before that, seeing that slip away in the most underwhelming fashion you've seen a defence go down. Yeah, completely. Um, no, boys, you, you've, got, well, you, you've got what I was about to say. Would I be correct in yeah. that? Whoa! Statement? Weird. Yeah, we're not saying that on the air. You yet. literally started something. Um, oh, well. Do it. Can't say it on the air. Sorry. Dimitri Vandenberg went into back-to-back Betfred World match play finals. And then Peter Wright, 17-10 over MBG. A couple of key moments in this game that it could have been different. Yeah. No, the key moment is Peter Wright turned no, up. No, no, no. No, no, no. There no, is no. no other key moment. No. Turned up. Barzi. Well, well, listen. Barzi. I'm saying right, right was on stage. Game over. Right, Romeo right done. was absolutely outstanding. But key moments, 
when MVG missed three for five all and didn't deserve to be, mind you. Look, I'm not saying he deserved to be, right. but but going in at five all is a completely different mindset. And the one four nine straight after the, the fourth break, fourth break, fourth break. MVG sat on a comfortable two dollar. 100. 100. And right pings, 100. The, and, and right pings the 149. They were the two moments that literally body shots from hell. Can I, I'm just going to say this very, very quickly. The fact that he hit the 149 after changing his darts again. Again. He didn't change, no, he didn't he change he darts. His, no, no. Didn't change darts. He only oh, changed yeah. the flights and stems. Because oh. his old ones were battered. <laughs> Change, change your flights right. and stems, Jar, doesn't do anything. They're, they're exactly that the same. When you put right. three on an absolute pinhead, you beat the crap out of plastic flights and stems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's what he, he said in his post-match afterwards. He meant to do it behind the stage, but forgot right. to take them off of him. So he had to do them on the stage. He, he literally had three flights and stems already made up. He just took the old ones out and put the new ones in. That That was all it was. It was wasn't a dr- oh, dramatic. Like they'd been ten rounds of Mike Tyson. Yeah, um, but, but that, that was possibly but, one of the greatest games of one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, and one of the best semi-finals I've ever seen in the match play as well. Yeah, the scoreline may reflect that. Why not reflect that? But it was absolutely great, outstanding. Absolute fantastic game. Just a tremendous game up on that famous old stage. So we had a final. It was the master versus the apprentice, the landlord against the lodger. And let's be fair, it was fairly one-sided to be nice. Dimitri never really in the game, Gob. Uh, there was a moment, uh, I think it was like 11-7, 10 7, something like that. And Dimitri missed an opportunity to break and he would have been thrown to be effectively back on throw. At that point, potentially, the way Wright started, thought this is wrapped up completely. I think it was that third session that Dimmy started to to put a little bit about him to to make it look like a little bit of a contest. But look, Peter was just not phased at all. The turn of events for Dimmy, look, he shut the door on it after three legs, I think it was, on the spin, chucked in a, a 14 or 15 dart leg and moved away from him again. He just, look, it was... Phil Taylor-esque. It was that good. 105 average in the final off the back of 110 or whatever it was. And just like Phil Taylor used to do with his little apprentice, Adrian Lewis, he, he sent him packing no matter how good the performance was with his tail wagging. Yeah, look, it, it was yeah. it was good. It was nice yeah. to see them up on up on stage and, and that afterwards. And there was a there was a lot of respect between the pair. Almost a little maybe a little bit too much from Dimitri, you know, in a way, in a way, I thought that right. You know how much how much Wright gave Phil Taylor too much respect on his final match play. I think that was very similar there for Dimitri. Fair enough, because at the end of the day, he took him. You know, Wright took him in on on the, the coronavirus when, when in, the, in the first COVID lockdown, and fair enough. But and, and credited him for basically winning the world match play in twenty twenty. But like, there was a lot of respect up on that stage, which is fair enough. Um, I just thought that no matter who was going to be on that stage on Sunday night, there was no way that Peter Wright was ever losing that world match play. That back for world match play just wasn't happening. It just wasn't. 
Everyone, someone mentioned earlier on in the chat room about where does his tournament average rank uh, in comparison. He's now fifth overall in the best tournament averages ever at the Betfred World Match Play. All the other four are all held by a certain Philip Douglas Taylor. Don't know if you've heard of him before. All right, right. That's how good it, that, he is. In terms of that darting ability, Gob, he is. There's no one better than I've never seen anybody better that you can throw a dart than Michael Van Gerwen. Simple as plain as that. In terms of ability. Me. Me. All right. Pete Garves is magic. Well, he's in the chat room. He is magic. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna hear a clip from Dimitri after the final. We've got one from Peter. It's a Belgian as well. waffle. I need to put oh, in. It is. The way the comments <laughs> really say is. it, Dimitri van der Berg asks the question. And every time Peter Wright had the answer. So yeah, um, I was chasing the game the whole time, but I never gave up. I said to myself, never back down, always fight back. And even though that that's the thing I was thinking, yeah, it wasn't enough. So he's more, more than just a winner. Peter Wright is the master. And that's what he said, like, that's how he calls himself. Dimitri Vandenberg, full interview is over on our YouTube channel. Um, can I, as, can I just uh, very, very quickly before we go here, before we go over to Snakey, this is an interesting point, and this is one I wanted to point a little bit of thing about Gob at this. You do realise that your boy's in danger of dropping out of the Premier League places. Which one? Because Dimitri, your boy, because you're, you're, you're Dimitri is less fine. than... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. Um... <laughs> oh, look, I can call the stir on Twitter. I will get him in the Premier League. They say, unless you win, you, hang on. You, unless you win something or he's in the top yeah. four, I'll have a bet. And, and but Dimmy is Dimmy is less than a pro tour win away from overtaking James Wade. He could be world number four by this time next week. By the end of Monday's action in Barnsley, we could have a brand new world number four. How that feel, Gob? All I'm, all, all, all I'm saying is, Gob, you've Magic. got to love Basil with a cider inside him. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. He did, he, I yes. don't like Barry. Yes. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't and- think Barry cares. Everybody in darts is getting rich, but me. Cheers, Baz. <laughs> uh, we've got a brief clip from Peter, which I, I quite like this. To be fair, this this was good. Hey, <laughs> I might have a big mouth, and I backed it up. There you go. And uh, I'm only going to get better. So practice, lads. Like that. I like that. Big, 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 I like that. Big, big fan. Good point. But. Bang on. Big, 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 big fan of that one. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. <laughs> it was um, it was good. So in the comments, Hani, you've been going absolutely insane. But we've been waffling. I'm gonna ask you two. We're also gonna ask the chat room. What was your game of the tournament? Which one did you enjoy the most? Ooh. Semi-final number two. Hmm. Philip Bars as his man goes over 250 days without a title. Yes, please. 
MVG uh, wins Pro Andrew. Tour next week. Doesn't matter. You read. Uh, Andrew, anyone else? I'd probably be in agreement. However, rule number one. <laughs> rule number one applies, Andrew. Unfortunately. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you, Andrew, that he should be in the Premier League next year because he's won a major. And apart from uh, Paul, apart from if your name's Paul Nicholson, that is the unwritten rule that. Look, if he if the TV titles aren't shared about, no, here's one. If they aren't shared about this year, I think he's got a chance of getting in. You know, due to unfortunate circumstances, he had to um bring his forward a year. <laughs> I don't think he wants to particularly. I don't think he particularly wants to do it anyway. Um, you said that before anyway. Uh, and on a, on a previous interview with on your previous channel, Barzi. Um, right. Um, what else? Michael Smith, Jose de Sousa, game of the tournament. Obviously, went extra legs. Really good game. Load of what? Load of her one eighty hitting. Um, how many did they hit between the pair of them? Uh, uh, Woodhouse yeah. in the chat room. Best game. Rids versus Emma Payne and air hockey. <laughs> yes. Love that. Yes. Did you now, enjoy that today, now, Callum? No, uh, yeah. <laughs> all I'll say is, is that if anybody hasn't watched this again and already only wants it, Terry Jenkins and, uh, and Andy Smith going around Blackpool in 2013, the greatest VT ever. Absolutely ever. Yeah. But no, Michael Smith, Joe Zedasusa, 16, 16, 180s. Uh, decent checkout percentages, both giving it big earns and a classic game. Really good. There's only three talk? games in the entire conversation. It's Dobie versus Cullen. It's Marcus Smith versus Jose de Souza, but it has to be the semi-final. Peter Wright versus MVG. 110 average. That Was was it 115 at one point? It dropped to 105 and then he brought it back up again. Yeah. Once you see that average slide, it's very difficult to push it back up again and, and he managed it and it was as close to perfect darts as you're going to see. It was ridiculous. When you when you throw a ton and your average drops by nearly an entire average point every single time you do it, you know you're playing well. <laughs> to be fair, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I, I agree with all the games you've said there, God, but you are missing one off. Also, I have to put Dimitri against Gezi in there. I thought it was an absolute great game as well. But I'm gonna no comment. I'm gonna go for me. I I really enjoyed Cullen Doby. I, I, that was the one for me that I loved every minute of that game. Yeah, played at the right. Again, place. chat room. Played with the right mentality. Chat room going off as well. Um, Stuart, um Henry. Wasn't... Go on, mate. I was gonna say Go it wasn't an ad break. Players, they were asked if they wanted to go off at 10 all. It wasn't a scheduled TV break. The players were asked and they both said yes because we thought exactly the same in the press room. Yeah. Um, because of the heat and everything like that, they were asked, do you want to go off at 10 all? Do you want to go off? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. They had yeah. to hydrate because they'd lost that much on that stage. Yeah. So if you want, that, listen. That, if, you, that, if you were if you were drinking a lot, if you were drinking a lot in the winter gardens this week, you probably sweated. You probably lost about a stone and a half sweating it away in the sweat box. 
I gen generally, when I say this, boys, I've never heard, I've never felt heat like that in that place. I did. I played six hours of squash across the week. That yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. But that, by the way, I, I was going to do a quick Boise shout out. you back to... for that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I just want to give yeah, a quick they, um, shout out to, the, to to the boys in. I just want to give a quick shout out to the boys in the PDC uh, press room. Josh, Luke, Luke, Alou, and Dave Allen. Brilliant, brilliant people to work with throughout the whole week and made our jobs significantly easier. So thank you. Um, Peter, you you said source. I'm guessing if you're about if they got asked, the tournament director, Michael Smith himself. And the PDC head of media, three, I'd say, fairly credible sources. Or is it, or is it in reply to Jonathan's question? Uh, it might, that's why I said I don't know. Uh, we'll um, come on to that yeah, we'll, time. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that question time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, God caused a bit. Um, Shannon, <laughs> of course, you can have a shout out. Shout out to Shannon in the chat room, of course. So, Gob, you caused a bit of a stir on Twitter, shall we say. Did he? Did he? I didn't see that. I think you were very much in the minority that didn't yeah. enjoy getting the... I think you were. more likes on my comments than there were on the ones replying to it, I'll tell you that. You were in the minority. You were in the minority of people that do our job because the people that were liking the comments in reply were the people that do a similar job to us. There were plenty of comments underneath in support of what I was saying, as were there plenty in various Facebook groups and all across social media. He's not as well liked as you two keep trying to make out. Look, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I was about, about to say, about to say. What I'm saying is, he did nothing wrong. No. He did nothing wrong. Tell me where in the DRA rule book he went wrong. No, I, I said he didn't break any rules. I just said I didn't enjoy it. He spent the entire match trying to entice Dimmy into doing something he didn't want to do, which is why Dimmy's performance looks all the more impressive off the back of it because he just got his head down and that's what everybody's saying. But the amount of reaction, the amount of double celebration, right? Celebrated at the hockey, turns around, roars again because he sees Dimmy at his table with back to him. I don't care. Yeah, but, you're, through your but you're in control of that hockey. Until your throw is done, yeah. you're in, that's your space. You can do what you want. Yeah, absolutely. So why is he up Dimmy's ass every 30 seconds then? Because he encroached in the zone more than once. Do me a favour on that one. Everybody does, a load of players do it. Don't sing that price for it. But don't say that it's controlling the hockey then. It is because they, the, the, if you read the DRA rule book, it needs clarifying because at the moment it's not. Is when your throw finishes. There's yeah. interpretation that so there's thing, but I genuinely didn't see anything wrong with it. What he did, as I said to you before, Cobb. If he danced at the middle of it in the middle of the session, in particular, right? If he did that in the middle of the session, when it's Dimmy's throw next, and he's throwing to you know, and, and either he held or broken, it was uh, Dimmy's throw next. I haven't got an issue with that. 
in terms of that, I, I totally get what you're saying. That is very much on the borderline. But the man danced at the end of a bloody session. That's all. And he screamed well, like he is, normally does. All I'm get over it. I didn't enjoy the performance. I didn't enjoy the fact that, in my opinion, over 60% of Gerwin Price's efforts were to entice Dimmy into a shouting match or something else other than just playing his darts. If he'd just thrown his darts, celebrated when he did big things, fair enough. But screaming for a 58 and then not reacting to a 180 the next leg, that's stupid choice, in my opinion. I don't like that. I don't agree with that. And look, it's not cheating. It's not breaking any rules. But Dart seems to be very, very quick at the moment to accept what is effectively gamesmanship, right? In any other sport, we would slander it, call it out to their heels. We just would. You cheer, you cheer Salah every time he falls over a blade of grass. No. No, I don't. Look, gamesmanship is part of sport. Let me tell you this. At the elite level... At the very t- celebrating level. gamesmanship shouldn't be celebrating gamesmanship should never be gamesmanship has always been a part of sport that is very Let me ask much you this. upon any other sport. Someone who does gamesmanship, they get called out for it. The press hate them. Darts does not it. In cricket, they don't. They run, in cricket, they run sledging. In oh, cricket, yeah, they don't. The minute the minute anybody swears on Mike Stump or whatever, they're straight in the press hammering them. Stuart Broad doesn't walk hammered. For years. How many times has the Tino best Freddie Flintoff one been played back? Gamesmanship of the highest order, and it's had over 100 million views on YouTube telling them to watch the windows. It just the levels to it. Gamesmanship is gamesmanship is a part of Dark Gob. It has been for years. Has been a part of it for years. Bristow was the master at it. Peter Wondart, Peter Wondart Manley was the master of opening of it. his mouth before he got on stage. I've no issue with players calling still... each other out in the media. Wait, have you seen, have, have, have you seen some of the antics that, that Eric did up on stage? Have you seen some of the antics that Eric did on stage? Yeah. They were nothing in comparison to what he did. Oh, yeah. And also, Peter Wondart Manley, he, he's the master of the mind games. He's master of the dark arts. Peter he did far worse than that. And you I know, crucify him, him every we bloody minute. A, if we were doing this... Because we're not talking about Peter Wondart Manley playing. If he starts doing it at the World Seniors in eight months' time, I will call him out for it. Oh, he'll be doing it. Don't worry about that. He knows where yeah, the loose yeah. board is. I'll call him out for it then. It's not an absolute it's sport, it's, it's, it's because I wasn't doing a podcast about it 20 years ago to share my opinion. It's part of sport. Even, even Philip Douglas did that. Because it has been. That's part of it. Darts is a mental game. It's not just about the fact that you have to try and There's work out what you've got to throw to and what you've got to hit. And gamesmanship. Gamesmanship is inf- borderline infringing on rules. Yeah, but you're not infringing on any rules. I've no issue what with somebody in an break? interview turning up and saying, don't miss, or Bristow going, do you breathe when you throw before a world final that completely ruined him, right? No issue with that. Fair play, brilliant. you got a one-up on him. It's the rest of the shit. It's not more Gezies, as what you're saying. As yeah. the boss man said, more prices, please. Right, hang on. But, First of all, right, Joe, if you if you genuinely if you genuinely don't want to hear our opinion, and I'm not talking about credibility, I'm not being funny. Go and watch something else. That's the first thing. All right. If you want to watch this d- debate, what we want to do, then that's fine. But if you're going to give that sort of opinion, because no disrespect here. Dan's obviously very, very good at what he does, and I'm not having a dig at him, but he's been doing this. He's been doing uh, YouTube and all the rest of it, and he's been doing other stuff for a decade. 
We're here to chat our opinion. If you don't like it, bugger off. Simple and as plain as that. Thank you. That's the first thing. Secondly, and more importantly, look, <laughs> the game, darts is a mental game. It has been for a while. Every sport yeah, is a mental has game. Been for a while. It always is going yeah. to be. And like I keep reiterating, I have absolutely no issue with players trying to gain an advantage by using their words before action starts, right? The minute you're overstepping the line on stage, I have an issue with it personally. I don't enjoy watching it. I think once you're up on stage, the best player should win. And that is not always the case. Uh, going was behind and he tried but to get the advantage case by even without something that case. isn't dark. It wasn't dark. Well, isn't... That's been even without, even without that sort of stuff. That's always been a part of it. It always has been. That's darts. Get over it. Just get over it. Celebration. It's going to be around there for a while. Shouting, screaming when you hit a thing has always been there and always will be. Correct. We don't want sixteen robots. I'm not saying no. I want robots. Chris Dobie, Joe Collin, we've just literally given us one of the best games we've seen all week because it was fast-paced, entertained. They got on with it, but celebrated at the right times. Yeah, but the right times, what do you class as the right times? Because what you class as the right time is not going to be the same as what Gezi classes as the right time. In his head, it's the, that's the right time. So, so was MVG, and I called him out when he started doing it a few years back as well. If this isn't a girl in prize vendetta. I just don't know like this stop. part of no, no, I'm general. not saying it is. I'm not no, saying it is. Being the media, I should absolutely love it because it, it draws up attention to what we do. But I'm not saying I'm going to sit here and love robots. I want to see good darts. I want the best darts to win. I want the occasional bit of needle. I want the occasional bit of drama. But every single game, every single time it doesn't go your way, I don't want you to resort to trying to scream at your opponent to intimidate them or to draw them into something that isn't playing darts. Yeah, but that's all I want. That's never going to happen. Well, let me funny. I, I want to moonwalk some, but life's a shithouse. But the game's gone that far now. I want to moonwalk, but life's and a shithouse. that's the issue. We have accepted it. We have accepted it because it is. it brings people to the sport. It, it does bits on TV. It does clicks on social <sighs> media. So does diving in football. Of all... I don't want God, to see it. Seriously. And well, I don't well, I don't well, I don't want Liverpool to win the Premier League. Shit happens. Right? Let me tell you this for a kickoff, right? You in this in, in this environment that we're in right now have got I don't understand why you can't see why this is beneficial for the game at this moment in time. Because if it's beneficial for the game, more people watch it, which means more people will get interested in it. And then more people will come and, and either view our stuff, view other people's stuff, you know, live darts, weirdy darts cast, listen to their pods. I'm just people, saying, more people I, will be interested in the game. Person, this doesn't make sense. But all I see is players at the top end benefiting that are doing this. They're benefiting from gamesmanship. Well, yeah, because they're also the one of the best. They're also money the, for the world championship goes in. If he's one of the best players in the world, then be the best dart player in the world. Don't be the best person that screams at your opponent three times after hitting a 140. I can do that. Yeah, but that's part of it. You can do that. Why is it part of it? Why do we have to accept it? Why? Because we've just allowed it into the game. 
In the 90s and 2000s, we allowed European-style football into the game where players just go down and feign everything because it gains them an advantage in football. Why do we have to accept that? This year's Euros were the best we've seen in a long, long time because referees told players to get off their ass and get on with it. Yeah, I want to see the on... sport played how the sport's meant to be. Look, Phil, I can only comment on what we're looking at now. I can't sit here and talk yeah, through is... the 80s and 70s. But this is this isn't going on. I wasn't alive, and we weren't doing a podcast. Ted Hanke used to do it all the time. Ted Hanke used to get big, massive celebrations. And if we were sat here watching Ted Hanke play the World Championship right now instead of Gerwin Price at a World Match Play, I'd be calling that out too. Yeah, but it's this. But what I'm saying is, this has been happening for decades. It's not going to change. It's part and parcel of sport and our sport. doesn't have to be and that's the point you just accept it darts is involved right when it was part and parcel of darts they're playing in what leisure centers and crap how on earth can we sit there and tell the crowd they've got to behave and stop whistling at players when they're throwing to give them the respect to give them the opportunity to earn money for a living that they work bloody hard to do instead of some idiot in the crowd shrieking that makes your body physically stutter and miss a dart you can prepare for all the noise in the world, all the booing, that's absolutely fine. But a noise that physically moves your body like a whistle is bang out of order. How on earth can we sit here and call out a crowd for that when we're letting players just scream at each other? It just all encourages it. At some point, you just we're going to lose sight of what darts is. It's never, ever going to be about who can hit the double the most often. It's going to be who can put up with the screaming or shouting or whistling the most who could control their body to not react to somebody doing something that is deliberately aimed at putting them off. Other sports are given that respect. Rugby, the kicker gets the respect at a field... At My a field ass. Goal, at a, no. At a don't even, don't even go down Proper that route. rugby crowd There is only do. one. Snooker, players no, are given they that don't. respect. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't do that anymore for a kickoff. Certainly in South, in South, in Southern Hemisphere countries, for a kickoff, it's starting to creep in here. The Fre- have you listened to the French? Have you listened to the Italians? When and people I want to call it out them? for that as well. We hold all these other sports to Sorry, some high regard not. because of the morals that they have. Look, end of the day, right? You're wrong, and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. We're just taking up people's twenty minutes, just just debated this, and game over. I have no You're wrong. We move on. <laughs> to be fair, it is a pretty even split in the chat room. To be fair, at this point, right? It it, 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 it is an even split down in the chat room. From full full Kevin Keegan. He has actually. That's a very good point. I did love it. I did love it when he went there, and I did love it when he lost. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome, welcome on everyone in the chat room. Now we've had we've had a little rant and a rave. You know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, hello everybody. We, uh, by the way, we've also got some news to tell you uh, in a little bit. Once question time's done, we've got some news that we're going to tell you about. Uh, about so stay here till ten o'clock BST next forty minutes. But are we going to question time now? No, no, we've got some other bits to do yet. I'm sorry. Know. Oh, we haven't done Friday yet. Charlie, you went to a different venue on Friday. We haven't spoken about that once. What a weird voice that Yeah, was. but... Yeah, but... Can you edit that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that back. 
Um, Look at him. My hair's, my hair's nearly long enough to do a Kevin Keegan as well. I'm gagging for a haircut. Uh, <laughs> we have news dropped, like, uh, what day was it? Monday or Tuesday? That this man Thursday, will be defending actually. his title. This man will be defending his title at Alexandra Palace. And we have the dates. The 15th to the 3rd of January. Tickets went on sale this morning. Um, I believe the final is already sold out. Um, it is. Shock. Um, anybody, but... anybody who hasn't got a PDC TV annual subscription and looking to go in the, in the uh, in what's it called, you are horlicked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is there, which is all good. We know the dates of golf. Also, now we know the dates. The WDF, three days of their World Championship clashes with the PDC. Disaster? Um, potentially for those three days. The fact that darts just continues afterwards might work in their favour. Um, that time of year is, is synonymous with darts. People are going to be watching it. it. It depends what channel it goes on, I think, is the big thing. Um, and, and who yeah. the broadcaster is. If, if people have to go physically looking for it instead of being able to flick through channels, then it's difficult. If it's you can Euro stumble sport, across it? it on... Yeah, it should be all right then, I, I think. Ish. It's not a horrendous deal. The Eurosport coverage has not been bad previously. Um, some of the presentation, perhaps, but I think that may have been down to former video boards and stuff. Um Early rounds, yeah, it is really tough for them as there's more games. But actually, as the if people aren't watching the early rounds, when you do get a little bit of dross, you get that all world championships, and then they start tuning in for round three, round four, round five. When actually, you look at the BDO world championships of late, and their tournament average have been comparable to the PDC world championship, admittedly, but PDC more diluted field. But you start getting high quality matchups towards that back end on TV as well. Might genuinely help their product. My worry is who is going to be presenting it and the punditry team. Because everyone who Eurosport traditionally use is going to be at Alexandra Palace. Well, I'm available. Yeah. Just in, in case you're wondering. Um, Talk sport. Who's Talk hosted sport for them too, in the past? Andy Goldstein too. is Eurosport. Um, yeah, but remember, Goldstein also works. Nat Coombs. Matt, Nat Coombs. Nat, that wouldn't be horrendous for the first couple of days. Mix it up. Look, there's, there's opportunities there. Matt Smith. Matt Smith Matt as well. Matt Smith, perhaps. He'll be through. Used to do IT but the commentary, unless, and, unless they get Gwynny in. No, she won't. I don't think Jackie will go. Look, unless they get Gwynny in, who else does darts? Because Dawson will be Dan D Dawson will be at Alexander Palace. Chris Murphy will be helping out on the PDC's media team like they normally do. Oh, Nico and Mace will be Nick, Nico Mace. Final semi final. They don't need as many people, do they? You can dilute that field. And no, start but Nico and Mace will be at talk. Well. Yeah, Nico and, yeah, and Mace are, are going to be at talk sport too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be talk sport too. But the likes of Murph, who does the Euro Tour? Rob Malarkey, but he'll be doing talk sport Rob as well because he works for he works for but, yeah but yeah but he does talk they sport. They just have to stretch talk sport, won't they? 
You're not, because it'll come down to paying the money. Less games a night. If it was, if it was still right. four games a night in the PDC, understandable. But they just need a team of four for the final. Probably the same for the semi-final. They just have to rotate their breaks. Maybe five, so one's got more time off. At that point, two of them are going to be talk sport guys straight up. You only need three darts guys. The others can go and start broadcasting another world championship. That's what it is. And if it takes off, right? If it takes off and you're there for the start, you don't get replaced. If you do a good job, you're in there at a more friendlier time. I think because you're contracted to talk sport from this date to that date. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Crofty won't do it because he works for Sky exclusively and there's no way that he will do it. He's he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a exclusive broadcaster with Sky. So. Vassos Alexander. He ain't giving up the Chris Evans breakfast show. <laughs> there's no doubt that. Roman Effect says, Commerce team should... Yeah, Constantine should be Desmond Paul or Jacqueline. <laughs> we're not, no, 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 we're not talking about them tonight. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, we, yeah, that's the reason why we haven't um, talked about Mad Gob. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I've got, got a clip teed up. TV commentary now. Uh, Mason Nicholson and uh, Chris Murphy's done a little bit recently. So, uh, yeah, look, they could field a couple of ex-BDO boys. Tony O'Shea, I'm sure, would give it a go. He's done commentary before. Um, Peter Hedman loves a little chat. Um, there's got to be a couple of us. Tell you who would be good. That, that I don't like giving him credit. I, I don't. I don't like giving him credit. But a mate of mine who worked on the Eurosport coverage of the uh, BDO World Championships at Lakeside, Stephen Jameson, who did interviews for Eurosport, yeah. knows his darts a lot. The, and I think I'm hoping does the free sport pool as well. So he's done commentary. He does very very good commentator. So if he gets a go at it, I would not be begrudging him. He's very very good at what he does. I don't want to brag yeah. to you, chat. Right? And yeah, now's a very, very good time for us to be involved in darts, especially as the official media partner of the World Seniors. Also, very, very quickly, um, Reese mentions a very good point. If we're talking darts, commentators in particular, Rod Studd being back in a con box, unbelievable, oh, unbelievable to see him, and he's only going to get better. Like Peter Wright, he's only going to get better, and it was great to chat with him. So, here we go. Yeah, oh, I just had a thought, Freddie Flintoff. No, you can don't mention that nonsense around here. <laughs> yeah, I think we just got beat. Um, Who cares? Like we said, Jar was at the mad event at the weekend, and this man is the new mad global champion. Jar played some really good stuff as well. Yeah, he did. He played some fantastic stuff. Look, this is where. I see people giving it the bigger about mad and says, well, it's this, it's well, it's that. Yet yeah, there's a key word in there, amateur. No matter where you might think of Wayne or anything like that, they're not a professional tool card holder. They're just not at the moment. And Jared averaged, what, 82.1, has won on the Dev Tour before, now the global champion. 82 on a Dev Tour gob, that's going to push you right towards the top, is it not? Well, top of the boys that aren't already in the PDC. It will certainly contend. and It's not like he's not done it before. He's won challenge tours. He's competed at pro tours. He's won development tours. The kid's got it. Fantastic. And do you know what? He's such a genuine lad as well. Like, there are plenty yeah, that really would have had the success that Jared has at the age that he has that would have turned into complete knobheads. Right? There are plenty in the chat room that have been on development tours that would know. Right? 
But Jared <laughs> has kept the level head. He's so calm. He's so relaxed. He's so funny and polite to be around as well. He will chat to absolutely anybody. He is class and he is going to go far yeah. in this game. He will get a tour card I'm soon gonna... and he will start delivering. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on from what he said there. Jared Cole was mobbed by a few people on Friday night after he won the global belt, and he had time for every single one of them. It was unbelievable. Generally, was, right. was, was class. We've got, we've, got, we've, we've got a short clip here, so we'll, we'll play it. It's about forty seconds. Again, full interview from Jar over on the YouTube channel. I mean, I've beaten a BDO world champion just then, and I beat him convincingly. I'm very happy with that. And yeah, you're playing against the best youngsters in the world as well as that. Apart from the pro tour players, the best players in the world, you, you can't get more. You can't get better than this. I mean, I'm so happy. You, I, I think your smile is going to last all the way throughout the entire night. But one final question: How far do you think that you can go, in particular, on that Dev Tour and Challenge Tour? Are we going to be seeing you towards the top of that list? I like to think so. I mean, I won one before. I'll certainly like to think I can win another one, or maybe a couple more. But Jared, very happy. Congratulations. Well deserved. Thank enjoy you very much. Enjoy the evening. I certainly will. Thank you very much. <laughs> very, very happy young man there. Deserved as well. Uh, by the way, th there's also uh, there's also another interview uh, with a certain BDO world champion that is available to watch if you wish. A few people already have done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay, go on and do it. Why not? Uh, for those that haven't, Wayne Warren, not a happy bunny. <laughs> Personally, for myself, I didn't care. I didn't care one iota, to be honest, right? Because as far as I'm concerned, Des and Paula Jacqueline are nil in my life. Simple as. But when the police come into my house, and then my little boy here, he was like six years, yeah, he, he, was, he was six. And when, when he started crying, he was frightened and ran up the stairs. That's what hurt me. I tell you this now, from this day on, Des Jacqueline, Paula Jacqueline are pigs. Simple as pigs. To send them, what, what they done, they travelled, they travelled 450 odd miles down from Lincolnshire, down to Pontypridd, and they had friends to help them out. To pick that cup up, right? I mean, pick the cup up from Pontypridd Station, uh, police station, and I was there. And um, this certain uh, police officer said that they'd keep me in touch, which I never, never, ever did. Right? As, as police feel, as police feel. Um, it went back up, and the next time I seen it was in his in his property, sitting on his well, fireplace, bunk piece, whatever you call it, kitchen. Right, wrapped around photo on Facebook. That's what the people. That's what they are like. Pigs. Raw emotion from Wayne Warren. No, yeah. Missy, he's just. Um. <laughs> 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 Sorry, at Wales. Um, look. No, he was he, he was very happy to have the conversation. Um, he wanted a conversation after the match. He spoke to me directly, and once I said that, look, we're doing this for for online darts. He went, yep, yeah, I want to have a conversation with you about it. Um, I won't say what what he said afterwards. Um, but look, <laughs> and, and we've and, do you know what? Let me say this. 
okay? And this is a genuinely a wide open offer to Des Jacqueline and Paula Jacqueline. I'm not going to say any further what's happened so far, but let me say this and I'll say it again. If Des Jacqueline or Paula Jacqueline or both want to come on and tell their side of the story, we are more than happy to listen to them and then for, for to correct the record on what, what Wayne has said. But the offer is there. It's now in the public domain. If you wish to come and have an interview with us, we're more than happy to sit down with you. I'd genuinely be interested in that as well because, look, yeah. there are plenty of people out there that apportion a lot of the blame of the BDO's downfall on Des Jacqueline, right? And he was given the keys to a sinking ship. There were mistakes made, 100%, from the outside, but I would absolutely love an interview with Des where, almost like a Piers Morgan live story, right, where you can genuinely ask questions where the narrative is controlled by the interviewer. Because a lot of what we've heard from Des in the last 18 months to two and a bit years have been statements from the BDO or, or pre-portion that. I just want to sit down conversation and understand from his point of view what went wrong, what could have gone differently, and, and just be frank with it. Yeah, no, exactly. No, exactly. Like, and, and we've said this from day one a lot of the time, that it wasn't solely his fault. Like you said, yes, there were mistakes no. made, but the the, the the demise of the BDO has been 13, 14 years in the making. Since Barney left. Yeah. Look, and look if you really you genuinely what, a believe... I hold a lot more respect to Des and, and the BDO if they just came out with everything. I j there's no future in Enterprise Unlimited, WDF are running that sort of side, UK AD are running their side, you've got mad, like, there is no need for a British arts organisation anymore. The EDO are running their, their national side. There's just too many things around it Sorry, that need to exist, so the sooner that comes out, genuine, from the people that were there, the better. God, can I just jump in before we go into question time? Mr G Business, you have to go and start another argument with Dan Darts Dawson and jump some numbers up. Let's be clear about this. Dan tweeted, replied to Gob. Not the other way around. We didn't go looking for that. Dan, rightly or wrongly, no matter what your opinion is, tweeted Gob because of what happened. So if you're going to come for us, allows you facts to right. your opponent opinion. And look, Dan and I disagreed. We put it across however we both saw it. We're not going to lose any sleep of it. Next time we see each other, we'll say hello and, and have a conversation. I'm, I'm not going to sit here bashing Dan Dawson. He's very, very good at what he does. And he shares Correct. the opinion of these two. But I... Didn't agree with that other night. I, I thought I saw what I saw. I, I gave my opinion. That's what social media is for. Dan Dawson is still fabulous at no. what he does. I still have a lot of respect for him because we disagree on one subject. If we all agree on the same thing, then there's no need for us. Boring, boring place, isn't it? Right, we've got 15 or 20 minutes before we have to make our announcement. So let's go into question time, Barzi. Yes? Yeah. Chat room is open. Come and say hello. Uh, Joe asks the, the the first question: How would you guys change the ranking system? Well, we had did we have this discussion on a fallout bar cop, or do we have it on another part of the point? Part of the point. Oh, must have been. Uh, we've done it, done it we have times. this discussion every two to three weeks. Yeah, Quite it either becomes point a point system. system, not a money system, or the second year of your ranking, the two years ago, only counts for 50% or something. So that starts to drop off at half rate once you've been through that tournament again. 
because there's too many performances from two years ago that give you too many opportunities in the current era. It doesn't change quick enough. Yeah, completely. So, yeah. Uh, one well, year. Who else? Uh, Ollie asks, who's winning Love Island? I've got to be honest with you, I think it's going to be Midi and Liam. If you want me to be brutally honest, I think it's going to be them two. not expecting a genuine They're response brutal. to that. Pardon, sorry? <laughs> he was not expecting a genuine response to that. No. <laughs> I think that was a but sarcastic he... comment, but yeah, Jar is one of those. Um, yeah. I, I do said, love, love um, If you were to change one event from leg play to set play, which would it be and why? Good question. I do you know what? Sod it. Make the pre- nah, make the World Cup. Make the World Cup. Please. I'm just pairs. Make the World Cup set Just play. pairs. Yes. Just pairs set play. <laughs> By the yeah, way, the American it. side I looks all that. Oh, I'm very interested in that this year. Who is it this year? Danny Lalby and Danny Lalby. Yes. Oh, so I'm pretty sure Sanaga has took his place in the uh, Philippine side, but Noel Malik then missed out. Yeah, because Darren Young also, he was the original member of the Team USA, but he has got something on that he can't get out of, so it goes to Danny Lalby. Um. Have they, have they have they announced that the cutoff is going to be the match play yet? Because they, have they have they announced that? No, there's no. They haven't said when the cutoff is yet. Done. No. What? No, they haven't, they haven't announced the cutoff. The cut-off yeah. match play. That would have been it's already done. Not well, yeah, but there's a reason why they haven't announced. They haven't. They, there's a reason why they haven't announced the uh, the World Cup cutoff yet, isn't there, Barzi? <laughs> <laughs> we have a WhatsApp chat and you haven't told me shit. Oh, hang on. I'm going to mention, I'm gonna mention I'm going to mention this to you now. Give me 30 seconds while my, while my desktop WhatsApp. Oh, no, I'm going to say it to you now. Hang on. One minute. Here it is. One minute. Here we go. Um, whilst we're talking about the World Cup, Jake says, surely Ando pulls out of the World Cup. Um, I would be surprised if Team Scotland was their highest two ranking pairs. I genuinely... I, I don't know this, but if Gary doesn't play, I don't think Peter will play. I think they no, can't... I, it's I, literally... It's, it's all or nothing. Um. So, I think Team Scotland could be Hendo and Andy Bolton, potentially. The X Factor, please. Um, uh, look, Mike, Mike, I don't, Mike, uh, you talk about the seeing online the top eight seeds are confirmed. Yeah, the, the problem is with that is that if they pull out the World Cup, if, if, say, for instance, if it's Anderson and Wright and they pull out the World Cup, then things will change. They haven't until the PDC say when the cutoff is. And remember, yeah. Anderson and Wright pulled out within three weeks of the tournament last year. So let's not say that it's a complete. Done deal just yet. Yeah. Uh, Missy says, Phil, question. What is the one 
memory that you made in Blackpool that will stick with you for life? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, theory me. This this year or overall? Overall, I think that's what I mean. This is tough overall because there's so many good Blackpool memories. Overall, I tell you what it would be, Barzi. Tell you what would be for me was the Saturday night after the match played two years ago, when a certain when a certain manager knew I, I generally thought was going to jump off the central pier. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a man. I've never seen a man that broken in his life. Um, I don't know the side. Look, I just love the whole match play week. To pick one, it's tough. Really tough. Mm. I've got a couple. Yeah, I, I don't think I genuinely don't think I could pick one. Yeah. Um, um darts in the Olympics. Obviously, this was... go on, go up. The Sorry. one and the one and only time I've ever had a conversation with Eric Bristow, actually. And uh, I had it's to worth the start, it too much. Kyle pulled me away. <laughs> I even managed to piss Eric Bristow off. Uh, Jonathan, uh, yeah, great week in Dart, dart, um, darts in the Olympics. No, no, no. no. Same as, same as no skateboarding, clay pigeon shooting, all these stupid events that you can just do in the park. Pigeon, I'm all over clay pigeon shooting because we're good at that. No, Sergeant Peter Wilson, he... London 2012 gold medalist, put some respect on yeah. my man's name. In the double trap. In the double trap. Thank you. Yeah. My knowledge of London. Golf, tennis. Golf and tennis should not be that. Football shouldn't even be there, realistically. Golf, tennis. Golf, football. football. This three-on-three basketball, as fun as that was to watch earlier, putting that off, it's not proper sport. No, it's, play, it's playing. They're playing at the Commonwealths in a couple of, next year in Birmingham. But yeah, um, how squash has never been an Olympic sport is beyond me. Fantastic game. Uh, Luke Woodhouse, how do you feel about Eurotour finals now go down to only potentially two or three events? Luke, that ain't a question for us, mate. That's a question for you. <laughs> um, look, if I, how do I feel about it? I think it's very hard to have a major take place with such a limited qualifying criteria. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure... I like the fact that someone could potentially win under grand with only three tournaments to get in or something like that. I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I don't like it. To be fair, Wayne Jones used to win three matches and qualify for the Grand Slam every year. So it's not ridiculous in comparison <laughs> to that. But when you have a tour yeah, as a qualification, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah the Grand Slam's not made. Craig uh, says, do you see Peter Wright winning all the majors up until the Worlds and then the Worlds? Um, no. Could he? Yes. Do I see it? No. He will. Yeah, yeah. He will win. I, I do think he will win one. I think he will win one more television tournament this year. I don't know what it will be before the World Championships. And at the moment, you've got to think that he's, he's favourite for the World Championships right now. He just is. Yeah. Ben. Do you think that the prize money in the world match play is too low, considering it's the second biggest major? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. 
completely have, expensive I'll, money I'll, stump it up. Well, it's been fantastic for us the last few weeks. So thank you very much, Fred. But yeah, stump up the money. Malachi <laughs> um, <laughs> um, says, "Why don't players really use their special edition darts?" Um, some of them, some of them do. Uh, um, but because a lot special of special edition darts were created by a manufacturer to earn even more money. Everybody else jumped on the bandwagon as a marketing exercise. The world number one at the minute has nine different sets of his darts available, and he has only ever thrown one of them. They are for your benefit, not for the players. And I'll say that about every single manufacturer out there. I think you're incorrect in that statement. I think last year he threw one of the other ones. Might have been only for a game, but I think he did. Was it the red and green ones at the World Cup for a ceremonial thing? I don't know, but yeah. Um, Reese is asking oh. about our greatest ever debate. And the problem is, Reese, that we touch on it occasionally in a lot of shows. And then we sort of half did the debate once, but I was late to it, turned up and kicked their asses. And the thing is, it's not even a debate. It is Phil Taylor. And then we go to the chat room and then you ask us for our top five of all time. And Phil Taylor's a top on virtually everybody's list. You look at every stat, every major, like the World Match Play, for example, we just had top five tournament averages. He's had 20 plus, 104 plus averages at the match play. Peter Wright's second on that list of five and four of those came this week. Like, he's just untouchable. In an era where it was harder, you had staples sticking out the board, the wires were thicker, darts were supposedly more difficult, but because it's a little bit more competitive, MVG is the best that ever played. I wish I had the controls. I wish I had the controls right now. Yeah, but I have. (laughs) You're getting muted. You're getting muted. Look, in terms of pure ability, there is nobody better that I've ever seen play than Michael Van Gerwen. That's just just a fact. That's just a personal opinion. It's just a personal opinion. I think Gary's more natural. Uh, What happened to Super Chip? I just think Super Chin's going for a bit of a confidence crisis. And when you're not winning games, winning's a habit, losing's a habit. And I just think he's not... I think he's in a, in a bit one of those ruts that he needs to break. He's still got bundles of ability. Um, yeah. um, where's one for you? virtually impossible to arrest that slide. We've spoken about it multiple times. There's only a certain number of players that have actually caught it and stayed up. Everybody else will have a dip. They're working their way back. Yellow Klassen is in danger of losing his tour card. He's the youngest ever world champion. Well, me... Here's a question. I've just had a thought about this. From when we were just talking about top five of all time and all that sort of stuff. Jake says, is right now in the top 10 after winning the match play? Hmm, that's a really difficult question, actually. I literally I think he's got on... asked this on the bus on my journey home earlier and where does right rank all time and then i got asked for my top 10 and i listed 11 the top five don't change the other six are interchangeable for me yeah i think think he's i think he's edging closer but for me i think he needs to win one of the big ones for a second time yeah 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 he's he's edging closer there's no question but I think if, and it's a big if, he repeats the performance he made at the match play four times in the next three years at various events, yes, completely, because he will dominate majors. 
if he listen, yeah. he, he's in the conversation right now, top ten of all time. If he wins another World Darts Championship, he doesn't go to top ten. He's in the conversation for top five. The man is the man has won that many titles. No, 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 no. Listen, no, let me tell you. Let me tell you. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. World Championship, UK Open, match play, World Cup, runner-up in the Premier League, seven oh, Euro Barney. tours. No, I'm just saying, twenty-three Pro Tour titles. The man's a the man's a machine. Yeah, that's great, but it is also in an era where there are far more Pro Tour titles. You look at the no, I know, but... open, uh, admittedly not comparable, but you look at the number of open titles the likes of Ted Hankey will have picked up, including world championships in the video in a very competitive era. Ted Hankey doesn't yeah. get in the conversation for top 10 anywhere near enough, because but he's, he's missed off my list. He's going to win a big one. He's on the world championship with one two checkout. Two time world champion. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my apologies. My apologies. Sorry. I've, I've um, forgot look, that. Jim, Jim, to, to, that. Sorry. For me, to, to, look, right, to, to get in the top five, right, it's got to go somewhere. Top ten. Now, wins... Right. Is CV not comparable to MVG? Nowhere yeah. near Taylor. Nowhere yeah. near Bristow. Yeah. Nowhere near Anderson. My uh, two-time world champion. Back-to-back Premier League. He's nowhere near Gary Anderson. Nowhere near Anderson. Gary's won it once. He's won one Premier League. Five five World Cup. back-to-back World Championship. Two of those winning. Nearly did the three-peat in the PDC. Not in the BDO, in the PDC. No, but to say that that his resume is not comparable, he's laughable. Because he's the only difference. It is. Of course it is. It's not. It's laughable. Look, do I think that Gary Anderson is a better player than Peter Wright? Absolutely, overall, of course it is. But he's not. It's not. It's not miles away. He's not living on down. It's not like Anderson's on Mount Everest, is it? Right. Wright's resume is not comparable to Gary Anderson's yet. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting there. Okay, so let's leave Anderson out. Then who's fifth? Barney. Sean Lowe. Bugger Sean off. Lowe. Bugger off. Right no, John, he's won John five Lowe. world titles. Five. John Lowe. John Lowe. John Lowe, yeah. A legitimate world title as well. The issue I have with that, yeah, the issue I have with that though, Phil, is that his PDC career then becomes comparable, if not worse, than Adrian Lewis's. Yeah, but he's a perennial underachiever. But when he won four of his world titles, arguably, the BDI was more competitive than the PDC. Yeah, by the way, just to say quickly, chat room, yeah, you are right. Two Premier League titles, I'm sorry. I've it's been a long week. Yeah. I barely got any sleep last night. Apologies. Apologies. It's been a long week. Do me a favour. Top five. Let me have let me Phil have. Taylor, Michael Van Gerwen, Eric Bristow, Gary Anderson, John Lowe. I have got Barney above John Lowe for me personally. But each their own. This show with Barney is every time I sneak him up the list. I then compare his PDC career to Adrian Lewis and move him back down again. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't, for me, you have to look at what he did in the BDO because back then it was super yeah, competitive. It was, it was yeah. yeah. It was. It, I made it, the thing. So, so I made the point. Five 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 like, not super competitive, but still competitive, and he's won three. Oh, oh, Martin's in um, six or seven on my list. He's 
I've got to find my list now. I wrote it in an order and then realised actually I think they're a little bit interchangeable, but let me find what I wrote earlier. He is on my list. 100%. Martin Adams in the top 10. Yeah, all day long. All day long and twice on Sundays. One of the greatest players ever to pick that up. Where's it gone? I don't know. I don't know. One of the greatest, one of the greatest ever to pick a dart up. I don't know about that. I Phil Taylor, Michael Van Gerwen, Eric Bristow, Gary Anderson, John Lowe, Dennis Priestley, Raymond Van Barneveld, Martin Adams, Peter Wright, Adrian Lewis, John Parr are an eleven, not a ten, because I couldn't narrow it down. And the last six of those are a little bit interchangeable. The top five doesn't move; they are in order for me. Phil Taylor, Mark Van Gogh, and Eric Bristow, Gary Anderson, John Lowe, in that order. And that's not going to change I'm for surprised. a long, long time unless somebody does something mad to dislodge John Lowe. I'm surprised that, I'm surprised that Barney uh, that Barzi hasn't put Marcus Smith in his top ten of all time. <laughs> he puts me in anything else. <laughs> so my now. John Part is another one that sneaks in there because of his world titles. And a lot of this sport is always worked off your world yeah, titles. Right? That's why what you in the conversation. Barney's in this conversation, right? But he didn't do a lot else. He literally didn't do a lot else. John no. Part is the major benefactor of a couple of bad years at the PDC World Championships and making the most of it. And he's fantastic. Uh, I love him. 2003. Two, two, hang on. 2003. He came through Taylor in at the time that Sid, the great Sid Waddell called the greatest ever game seen by Sky. That's a bad unfair on 2003. 2008, I'll give you because Kirk Shepard, no disrespect to Kirk, but realistically, oh, probably wouldn't have got through. <laughs> Yeah. Dave, asked, really Dave asked a very good question as well. When James Wade won the UK Open, he was like sixth or seventh on my list. I've done this four months later and I've completely forgotten about him. But his longevity in the PDC yeah. in the most competitive era ever problem, cannot but, be underlooked. But the problem is he doesn't have a world but, title. Thank you. Thank you. Jake, bang on. If Wade won a world title, he jumped to fifth or sixth, probably. I'd have to I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. If he, if he won a world he, title, Parsi, come on! Don't 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 do it. Don't be contrarian at this point. I know why, but listen, Wadey would jump into easily into the top ten of all time conversation with the world title with the with the amount that he's won. He just would. No, I'm just saying that. Right, he's he's in my top ten of consideration now without a world title. I, look, he's in consideration, but I've just listed eleven players already that have world titles. And if it's going to be, I'm struggling to push one of them out of a ten already. When you start comparing others, and I've neglected the likes of uh, Bob Anderson, um, Jockey. Jockey's list of titles yeah. probably yeah. isn't good enough. Jockey's in my despite 10. being absolute character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three back-to-back-to-back to back to back world championship. Glenn Durant has to go close. Admittedly, or we can be the end, but to do it three times in a row... And then come over and win the Premier League in the PDC and have the debut year that he did. He'd certainly make the there's, top 20. There's one name in mind that won't time. be anywhere near... There's a name in here that will, that's contentially in mine that won't be near yours because of the age difference. Trina. No. Trina should be. Richie Burnett. 
Knew that was coming. 93, 94, 95, 96, around that area. He was genuinely unplayable at times. World title, lost in another world final. For me, but hang on. That's a four-year stint where you're saying he was unplayable and he won a world title. MVG had the same period. But he's number one for you. Yeah, because of the standard that he's hit. Which isn't matching if, if, Phil Taylor's stats. If we're going statistically... High, even if you just look at highest of everything, Phil Taylor still kicks his ass. You look at head-to-head, Phil Taylor still kicks his ass. The advantage that MVG has got is number of titles because he played near where Pro Tours are readily available and he travelled to every single Euro Tour. That's how he built such a dominance, playing constantly. He literally became a full, full-time full dart player constantly. It was darts first, everything else second. That's really the Too first fair, time I've seen fair. that. Even Phil Taylor spent time with family and that sort of thing. For MVG, for two and a bit years, darts came first. I've got to... Yeah. Okay. It's That'd five to ten now, by the way. So we're in a... Are we... It's five to ten already. There was a couple of there was a couple more questions in it. I was gonna that were half decent. Let me try and find them again. Um, chat room's absolutely electric tonight, guys. You've been absolutely superb. Well, you started us off on the um, best ever debate again. Right. Just ticks the boxes, don't it? Um, where was it? Because it was decent. Did Phil retire too early? No. Yes. No. He could have easily still been a top sixteen player by the uh, by the middle no. of last year. Is one comfortably I'll top sixteen? It. Yes, fine. But that's not Phil Taylor, is it? Phil Taylor is top of the world, go out on a high, and wasn't prepared to do all the legwork that keeps him in that. You literally so much more pressure on him to just turn up at majors, not prepared to put the hours in, like. Players know when it's their time to go. Raymond van Barneveld knew it was his time to go on stage in Holland. Um, KR3000 was favourite Andy Fordham memory stroke moment? Good question. Um, I'm trying to think if I actually remember him winning the world title. Like, I, I, I remember seeing Andy Fordham on TV at the BDO. I've got no specific moment of him in the BDO, but he was always a player that, as a kid, I looked out for. Like You start learning names and seeing people repeat on your TV at the age of 8, 9, 10. Because I didn't have Sky. I didn't grow up with PDC darts. My early knowledge of darts is very much what I could watch as a child flicking through channels as 8 to 10 years old. But he was always one player that you looked out for, was one player that you had that massive just adulation for as a child. He, yeah. Cult hero, I think, is the right thing to say. He just drew people in, proper people's champion. Uh, Niall Cullen is in. Niall, hope you are all good, buddy. Yeah, look, I, I remember when, when the Viking won the world, it was just brilliant. Still remember it to this day. Real what moment. Was it? it was a great moment at the um, at the showdown, wasn't it? Where he took out. What did he take out? Um, but did he get that one hundred and six? Was it? Yeah, I think it was like 
in the first set, maybe that either the third or fourth set, I don't know. But whatever it was, that was outstanding. And the, and the roof lifted off the Circus Tavern at that point. To be fair, one of the other ones as well, when he qualified for the Grand Slam from nowhere. Yeah. When he came back and qualified for the Slam, that was just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, lo- lo- lots of great Andy Ford and memories. Right. So, we teased it enough. One of us has some news. Philip, is it you? <laughs> no. Right. God. He's, he's staying is ginger. it you? Yeah. God, uh, is I it you? I have a new Twitter because I, I had to get rid of the old one. Okay. So that, that's, not the, that's not the news that we're bringing, is it? No, mate. Go ahead. No. So that means it's me. And everybody, it has been electric tonight. I've absolutely loved being a part of this uh, over the last 12 months in particular. However, there is a but. This will be my last regular appearance on the Live Lounge. I have loved every minute of it. I've loved interacting with you guys. But now it's time for me to take a massive step back. Uh, I will be sitting away doing all of our website stuff mainly. Uh, now and the boys will have a new co-host who uh, from one of the team whoever that is they will decide that in their time but that is me heading off into the sunset you may see me I'm not saying you may not ever see me on a live lounge ever again because there might be you know the odd occasion where someone needs to get fit you know where there's a last minute fill and, and gob and and pb haven't actually filled you know have not been able to uh fill the gap as it were, but in terms of regular stuff, that will be me done. You'll hear me still chatting nonsense on Twitter. You'll hear me on uh, all the rest of it as well on the website and doing everything else. But it's been a genuine pleasure. Barzi, to you, take us out. Well, Charles, done his bit. So there we are. However, no live lounge next week, but there will be Super Series streams for you because the Pro Tour is back. Super Series five six whatever it is we will have all that covered next week guys you have been absolutely amazing in the chat room today we've been online darts we have been the live lounge and we're back on monday for super series and we will see you all then it's been an absolute pleasure